It's magical. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's the most advanced technology we've ever produced, ever. It's a peek behind the curtain of Apple's media mastery. And ABC's Dancing with the Stars finds a new generation of stars on YouTube. This is episode three, the Where's My New iPhone 6 Plus episode of Media Unplugged, the podcast that goes behind the spin to reveal what's really happening in media. Media Unplugged with Tom A. Sacker and Mark Ramsey. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Media Unplugged. I'm Mark Ramsey. And I'm Tom A. Sacker. Tom, we have two exciting topics today, both of which come from you. So I'm going to be looking to you to explain to me what these mean. I have my own ideas, but as you know, they're almost always wrong. Um, <laughs> let's begin with topic one. That's a peek behind the curtain of Apple's media mastery. This is an article you sent to me from 9to5Mac called Seeing Through the Illusion, Understanding Apple's Mastery of the Media. Um, this was a lengthy they made this sound like <laughs> right. this was right up there with the Pentagon Papers in terms of the amount of effort they poured into this thing, right? Yeah. Hey, listen, it was. I think I think it was fascinating and and instructive, really. If you're uh, if you're someone out there that's trying to create a brand, and um, you know, and what's branding? You're trying to infuse meaning into your products and services. And I mean, Apple gets this stuff. But listen, I got to tell you that. The bullshit out there that's masquerading as advice absolutely amazes me. Because on the one hand, now listen, on the one hand, the experts and the pundits toss out advice to organizations to be transparent, be authentic, be inclusive, be human, because that's what we all as consumers mm -hmm. want. But then you ask them to name a company that gets branding, one who should be held up as an exemplar. And what do they say? <laughs> Apple, invariably. Apple. And they are one of the most secret, controlling, manipulative marketers on planet Earth. Right? That's true. I mean, that, that I think, is the irony of this, because you're absolutely right. We all point to Apple as kind of the... The, the ultimate example of marketing and branding prowess, and yet they are completely silent in public. You'll never find an Apple person at an industry event, no matter what the industry. And as you indicate, according to this article, and we all knew, we all suspected this anyway, but behind the scenes, they're puppeteers, and we and the people in the media and all the, uh, the pundits and the technology reviewers are all the We're puppets. We're the puppets. Now listen, don't, don't get me wrong, right? I'm, I'm all for manipulation. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of the reality of life. I mean, you watch a peacock or, or take a good look at, at orchids, and, and it's, it's the reality of, of the free marketplace, just you know, exploding with options. It's, and it's really pretty simple. I mean, it's, it's called managing perceptions and managing expectations. If you don't want to call it manipulation, Call it outcome engineering, if that makes you feel better. Outcome engineering, I like that. Well, the outcome engineers at Apple, I think people had assumed that this kind of thing existed there, and yet there is this feeling that the frenzy surrounding Apple products is in some sense organic. And uh, what the sense you get from this article is that essentially none of it's organic. It's being orchestrated like... Uh, you know, a tentpole movie every summer. It's being orchestrated that, caref uh, that carefully. I was struck by a couple things in this article. One was their, qu quote, momentum and buzz marketing team. Yeah, yeah. Which I found interesting to kind of control the message as it goes out. Second, and this I hadn't really thought of clearly, the idea that the Apple PR team is actually pushing apps to niche publications 
um, apps which would be, for example, a golf app mm-hmm. to a golf publication. Now, on the surface, you might think, well, you know, what does this have to do with Apple? Well, by them able, by their ability to push these individual specialized niche apps to individually specialized niche publications, they get a million tiny little missiles, right, mm. directed towards each individual niche publication that supports the larger uh, platform called Apple. Yeah, look. All of this, again, it, it comes down to what's, what we see and what we don't see. I remember someone telling me years ago when uh, Red Bull was first launching that they had their own buzz marketing team that would, that would try to get their products into popular culture. And they used to go to high-end clubs like in L.A. and New York mm-hmm. with empty Red Bull cans, and they'd have them tucked into their pants. And then when they went into the restroom, they would leave a can. To get people wondering, like, what is this? You know, to all create all this crazy buzz. So it, it, it is. It's, it's, it's just, it's funny. I mean, if you look at it, and I think we're funny to be the puppets dancing to the tune, you know? There, there was one other thing in this article, too, that I, I found interesting. The, uh, the emphasis uh, at Apple, again, that you hadn't really heard about, but you would imagine, of putting iPhones in the hands of celebrities. <laughs> and this reminds me of something I forgot to talk to you about a few weeks ago. Remember, it was the... Jennifer Lawrence nude photo scandal, iCloud scandal, uh, scandal. Right. And it occurred to me at the time when you looked at the list of the celebrities, the starlets, whose uh, uh, information had been hacked through iCloud or whatever the heck happened, it was a who's who of young and beautiful in Hollywood. And I thought, wow, all of these people are using iPhones. What a great piece of technology. I got to have it. Oh, listen, beyond that, now that they've moved from you know, the company that's, that's making these uh, computers that are changing lives to turning into a lifestyle company. Now that they've done that, mm-hmm. look at what they did. They went out and they hired, you know, sure, they have all the tech journalists sitting at their big circus that they had, but they also had experienced and connected PR people mm-hmm. to fill the room with the global fashion set and all the celebrities. Because they're very, very strategic, very strategic every step of the way. You are listening to Media Unplugged with Tom Asacker and Mark Ramsey. Topic two, ABC's Dancing with the Stars finds a new generation of stars on YouTube. Tom, this is from another note that you sent me right straight from the ABC uh, website about uh, one of the newest stars on Dancing with the Stars. By the way, I always feel obliged to put that word star in quotes when I refer to this show. (laughs) (laughs) Why ever that would be, I don't know. But her name is Bethany Moda. Now, who is Bethany Moda, you might ask? And the answer is she's a YouTube star with over 7 million subscribers. And i got to read a little of the bio of her, then we can talk about it. At the age of 19, Bethany regularly travels. She's 19 now. She started at 13. She regularly travels across the country and the globe to mentor and help build other social networks. In late 2013, she launched and designed her first ever collection for apparel brand, Aeropostal. Targeted at teens between 14 and 17, the line can be found in over 900 stores around the country and includes apparel, accessories, and jewelry. She most recently launched her new scent, (laughs) Bethany Mota Fragrance, and Bethany partners with Derek Hoff. I don't even know the name of his name. (laughs) So they're going to YouTube stars. Tell me about it. Well, think about it. So the median age of TV audiences now for for the major broadcast networks is somewhere around I don't know 54, <laughs> right? And and so and they know what the advertisers are looking for, so they have to draw in that under 49 demographic, right? The 18 to 49, because that determines the advertising rates. So they they're looking and they're saying, which is r- very strategic, 
So they're trying to understand, let's say, who is my audience and, and how, do I draw that, how do I draw this audience in? And the best way to draw in an audience is to discover who their celebrities are mm-hmm. and engage with them and then put on a great show that's consistent with your brand. I mean, that's, that's the nature of attracting eyeballs, right? It's interesting. And in, in this particular show, too, Dancing with the Stars is almost notoriously old. So it's well, the average age of Dancing with the Stars viewership, I think, is well oh, over oh, 54. Oh, Hey, but listen, think about it. I mean, how many viewers does Dancing with the Stars get? I don't know, like 12, 13 million? This girl's got 7 million YouTube subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, you know, it yeah. seems like it makes sense to me to pull this new audience into this brand that you already have. Now, that's unlike... I don't know. Have you ever heard of this, uh, the Tim Ferriss experiment? Uh, I've heard. I know Tim. I haven't heard of the experiment. What's the experiment? Well, he had a show on CNN that they launched. Oh, I didn't know it. Oh, I didn't. Oh, see yeah. It. All right. So the author of the Four Hour Work Week and Four Hour Whatever Body and everything else, Four Hour Meal. You know. <laughs> so he, they have this experiment where he goes and does things like tries to learn how to play the drums or whatever. Now my guess is, since they tried to build a show around a celebrity instead of having a show in drawing in a celebrity that now this is my well-informed gut talking i have no data at all Mm -hmm. my guess is the audience for his is going to be a fraction of what bethany draws to dancing with the stars so what you're suggesting then is when you have a big platform and you go bigger that's different from having no platform and trying to build around a star listen mark you we talk about this a lot right the to me the idea is more important than the celebrity. Mm-hmm. All right, Robert De Niro's a great actor, and he's a powerful celebrity. You cast him in Taxi Driver, and both brands are elevated. You put him in a movie like New Year's Eve, and the needle doesn't even budge. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so so the content, the package, the entertainment, the show is is as important, if not more, than the celebrities. So that that's hence the term vehicle. When we see that term vehicle used, it's an Adam Sandler vehicle. That pretty much suggests disappointment is in the offing. Yeah, usually, right? I mean, one other note about this Bethany Moda thing that I found interesting. I watched the video that she did on ABC to promote her participation, and I, I just love this quote. This is right there in the video. I should link to this as well, but here's what she said. I always wanted to make videos. I just didn't know what I wanted to make videos about. <laughs> Well, there you go. I mean, what is that? I always wanted to write a book. I just didn't know what I wanted to write a book about. Hey, do you know how many people tell me that all the time? Is that so? Yeah, they say, I want to write a book. I say, about what? I'm not sure, but I want my name on a book. I'd like to write a book. Well, it's also funny that, you know, it's funny, these uh, outrageously successful YouTube stars, it's funny how they're almost never old or ugly. I don't know if that's just coincidence but it's my observation. Well, I've observed that on the morning shows as well, the news anchors. Yes, you know? I've observed that there as well. <laughs> All right, it's time for Rants and Raves. This is fast becoming my favorite part of our show. I don't know why, just because I'm always in such a bad mood when I come up with a rant. <laughs> <laughs> but let me, let me yield to you, Tom. What do you have to start oh, us no. off with? Listen, I know this is getting old because it's me always ranting, right? But I, I, <laughs> Look but who's I've, talking me. Ah, I mean, we're only at episode three. I think I've ranted three times, yeah. but I've got to get this off my chest because this is driving me crazy. So I'm watching one of the major news shows, and it, it really doesn't matter which one or who exactly was speaking because they all do this. And the reporter is speaking to an official from the Obama administration, and he looks straight at him with a straight face, and he asks point blank, 
What's the administration's strategy for dealing with the terrorist group ISIS or ISIL or the yeah. Islamic or whatever we're calling these people today? Now, this was like a few hours before the Sunday NFL kickoff, right? And so here I am thinking to myself, really, can you imagine a sports reporter interviewing an NFL head coach before the game, mm. asking him what his strategy is for defeating his opponent? <laughs> right? No, they won't do that because it's a stupid question. If you ask the Patriots <laughs> head coach, Bill Belichick, he'll even tell you flat out you're stupid for asking the question. So I wish the press would stop asking stupid <laughs> questions like that and rhetorical ones, like asking Hillary Clinton if she's going to run for president. I'm tired of this. <laughs> what about the questions? Did you make a mistake by not doing blank a year ago? That's another yeah, of my favorite that's questions. That's another one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a great one. All right. Here comes my rant. Um, so last week I'm watching TV on the day of the Big Apple announcement, and I'm, I don't know what I was watching in the morning. I think I was traveling or something. And, happened to catch one of the morning news shows. And there they send a reporter out to interview people in line in front of the Apple store in Manhattan. Now, let's unpack this a bit. First of all, anybody who watches these Apple announcements knows that the day of the Apple announcement is not the day you stand out in line. The day of the right. Apple announcement is the day they tell you what day to stand out in line. Okay, but let's leave that aside. So they're covering these people in line. But here's the thing. The people in line at the Apple store are being paid to be in that line by a brand. So they're essentially being, <laughs> being bought to stand in that line. So we've got now a pseudo event, right, standing in line for an announcement, which is not even the right day to be there. We've got a, a, a pseudo uh, line because people are being paid to be there. Meanwhile, we've got the reporter talking to them, turning it into pseudo-news <laughs> because he's acknowledging illusion. that these people are paid to be there. We all know the announcement has it, so we don't even know why is this even happening? Why are we watching this? And then into the line walks Colonel Sanders from Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> so now we have a pseudo-Colonel Sanders walking into a pseudo-line at a pseudo-event in the presence of pseudo-news. And that was the day of the Apple announcement. That's my rant. <laughs> and you know what? It all looks like reality to us. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's crazy. All right. That is Media Unplugged for this week. Please remember to subscribe to us at iTunes or on Stitcher. And while you're there, please rate the show. It helps other folks discover us. And, you know, it's a way to punish people. You may look at it that way as well. <laughs> You can follow Tom on Twitter at Tom Asacker and Mark at Mark Ramsey Media. Send us your questions and comments using hashtag Media Unplugged. If there's a media topic you want us to cover, make sure to tweet us. And you can read the show notes and share the show at our fabulously uh, low-key website, MediaUnplugged.net. <laughs> Special thanks to the new producer of Media Unplugged, Jeff Schmidt. Exciting audio for media. You can find him at Jeff-Schmidt, that's S-C-H-M-I-D-T, dot com. For the fabulous Tom Asacker, I'm Mark Ramsey, and thanks for listening.